0: Good morning. This is Pastor Mike Letterman. Welcome to our show this morning. Last week, we finished our series in the final countdown. I hope it was as fulfilling to you as it was to me. But today, we start a new mini-series called, Can God Really Do It? Can God Really Do It? You know, sometimes as humans, we doubt God, and we think our problems or the life we have here is so difficult that nothing or anyone can help our circumstances. I hope by the time we complete this mini-series that we will refresh your faith and you will always be able to say, God can really do it. You know, There was a man named Ben who was walking along a steep cliff one day when he accidentally got too close to the edge and he fell. On the way down he grabbed a branch which stopped his fall. He looked down and to his horror he saw that the canyon fell straight down for more than a thousand feet. He couldn't hang on to the branch forever. And there was no way for him to climb up the steep wall of the cliff. So Ben began yelling for help, hoping that someone passing by might hear him and lower a rope or something. Help, help, he said. Is anyone up there? Help! He yelled for hours, but no one heard him. He was about to give up when he heard a voice. Ben, Ben, can you hear me? Yes, uh, yes, I can hear you. I'm down here. I can see you, Ben. Are you all right? Yet, yes, but who are you and and where are you? I'm the Lord, Ben. I'm everywhere. Lord, you mean God? That's me. The God, the one and the same. God, please help me. I promise if you'll get me down from here, I'll stop sinning. I'll be a really good person. I will serve you faithfully for the rest of my life. God did not hesitate. Easy on the promises, Ben. Let's, Let's just get you down from there and then we can talk. Now, here's what I want you to do. Listen carefully. I'll do anything you say, Lord. Just tell me what to do. Okay, Ben, let go of the branch. What? I said to let go of the branch. Just trust me and let go. There was a long silence. Finally, Ben yelled, help, help. Is there anyone else up there? (laughs) It sounds like us sometimes, doesn't it? We say we want to serve the Lord and know his will. And then he tells us what he wants us to do. And we often balk at what the Lord is doing. This was Israel's fault. You see, they were called out of Egypt to follow the Lord by faith. However, they seemed to constantly doubt the power, the promises, and the presence of God as they traveled. The entire attitude of their hearts is summed up in the five-word question, Can God really do it? When they asked this question, they were doubting everything about the Lord. They needed a lesson in trust. You know, this morning I realized that we are all a lot like Israel. We often ask the question, can God really do it? Today I would like to tell you and show you from the scriptures that God really can do it. The God we serve is still the King of glory. He is still the King of kings. and He is still able to do all the things that he's ever been able to do. You may be asking today, can God really do it? I want to show you today that God can really do it. Notice this great truth from this passage. Let's read from the Word of God. I used the New new International Version, but yours should be very similar. Today our text comes from Psalm 78, verses 12 through 20. Psalm 78, verses 12 through 20. He did miracles in the sight of their ancestors, in the land of Egypt, in the region of Zoan. He divided the sea and led them through. He made the water stand up like a wall. He guided them with the cloud by day and with light from the fire all night. He split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them water as abundant as the seas. He brought streams out of a rocky crag and made water flow down like rivers. But they continued to sin against him, rebelling in the wilderness against the Most High. They willfully put God to the test by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God. They said, can God really spread a table in the wilderness? True, he struck the rock and water gushed out. Streams flowed abundantly, but can he also give us bread? Can he supply meat for his people? Let's look at the condition of these people. First, they were faithless. Here was a people who called themselves by God's name. Here was a people who should have trusted the Lord without reservation Yet they seemed oblivious to the power of God in their midst. You know, isn't that a lot like the people of the Lord today? Instead of trusting God and living by faith, we worry and we fret. Folks, it doesn't have to be that way. I want to tell you now that we have a God in whom we can trust without reservation and without fear. Let us resolve to be like Jesus challenged Thomas to be, not faithless, but believing. Look at John Chapter 20, verse uh, verse 27. The people were forgetful. The nation of Israel seemed to be unable to remember all the great miracles that God had performed on their behalf. He had delivered them from Egypt by the plagues. He had parted the Red Sea. He made the waters of Mara pure. How he put their enemies on the run. He had proven himself to be God and to be all-powerful time and time again. But they were forgetful of the mighty power of God they had witnessed in their lives. Again, this describes us, doesn't it? How many times has God come through for you? How many times has he moved mountains and parted the waters in your life? How many times has he lifted the veil of affliction and suffering in your life and allowed the light of his glory to brighten the day for you? How many times has he spoken peace to your storm? How many times has he met the need, done the impossible, and proven himself to be God for you? And how many times have we forgotten all about what he did yesterday when the trial of today pops up? My friends, we need to look back this morning and remember all the things God has done for you and for me. If God did it then, we can be sure that he will do it now. We need to take inventory and remember the Lord's power when the next storm begins to blow in our lives. These people were foolish. By asking, can God really do it, they proved their ignorance of his power and of his person. The same scene was played out many times during Israel's wilderness wanderings, and after they arrived in Canaan. One time that comes to mind is when the 12 spies were sent into Canaan. While there, they encountered a race of people that were giants. And when the 10 faithless spies saw the giants, they looked at them, and then they looked at themselves and compared themselves to grasshoppers. Look at Numbers chapter 13, verse 33. You know, this same foolishness has followed the church to this very day. We are guilty of the same foolish comparison. Some problem will arise in our lives, in the church, wherever it may be, and the first thing we say is, can God really do it? It may take other forms, but it's still the same. Our doubts say, can God really do it, when he's already done it many times before. You now this was the condition of the people and I'm afraid that we often mirror the same kind of attitude in our lives today. I want you to know that it does not have to be like that in our lives. We can trust the Lord and we can know that he will demonstrate his power in our lives. One way we can know this is by having a better understanding of the character of God. Let's look at the character of their God. Let's look at his promises. Israel had seen God keep his word time and time again. He was always faithful to do what he promised to do for them. Our God does not lie. He keeps his promises. God hasn't changed. He's still a God who keeps his word. Everything God has promised, he will do. There are some verses in the Bible that bear this out. Look at Romans chapter 4, verse 21. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 18, Numbers chapter 23 verse 19. Let's look at his performance. Throughout their history, Israel had enjoyed the presence and the power of Almighty God. Time and again, God had demonstrated his power in the midst of his people. Imagine him seeing him part the Red Sea or drop manna from heavens every day for 40 years. These people couldn't even feed themselves without God. Imagine seeing God defeat all your enemies. Imagine the thrill of seeing his glory as he came down upon the tabernacle. Imagine the pillar of cloud and of fire. God had proven himself time and time and time again to his people. May I say that the Lord has not changed in this area either. He's still coming through for his people. Look back over the years and remember the times the Lord has displayed his great power in your life. Hasn't he parted the waters for you? Hasn't he opened the heavens and dropped the manna of his glory on your life over and over? Hasn't he moved in response to your cries of faith? He has proven himself to you and to me repeatedly. Let's look at the character of his power. Throughout their history, God had proven that he was stronger than every obstacle that they faced. He was more powerful than Egypt. He's more powerful than the Amalekites. He proved himself to be greater than their thirst and their hunger. He was able to overcome all they faced by his great power. My friends, God is still all-powerful. The omnipotent power of God has not nor shall it ever lag. He is all-powerful and he shall remain so throughout the end of an unending eternity. I just want to remind you this morning that God possesses all power in heaven and in earth. Look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Look at Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. That is God's own testimony to his power. My duty this morning is to remind you that our God, whom we serve, can do it. He is able. Let's look at his patience. While God continued to show himself strong on behalf of his people, Israel continually lacked the faith to trust the Lord as they should. However, the Bible tells us that many a time he turned his anger away from them. He was patient with them and led them along in love and in grace. Thank God we serve a patient God. How many times has he demonstrated that to you and to me? There have been many times when we failed to walk in faith in the Lord, but instead of throwing us away and taking a new people to himself, he continues to love us and work in our lives. We have a patient, loving Lord. All I'm saying here is that we can trust the Lord for everything in our lives. We have a God who demonstrates his power grace, love, and his character many times over. You know, the challenge for today is when we look at Israel's history and the way God proved himself to them, then we should consider how he has proven himself in our own lives. And when we look at his power and his ability, what are we to do with all that information? These verses tell us in no uncertain terms what the Lord expects from us in relation to these truths. Allow me to share three challenges that face us this morning. Challenge number one, have confidence in God or trust. Look at Mark chapter 11 verse 22, Psalms chapter 62 verse 8, John chapter 14 verse 1. These verses teach us that we are to trust him for all of our needs and in every situation. When the world wrings its hands in despair and doubt and asks the question, can God really do it? We who believe the Bible should stand forth and cry out, God can really do it. When the world looks at declining morality, escalating violence, Economic trouble, decrease in the popularity of the church, increasing evil, and ask the question, Can God really do it? We must be ready with the answer that says, God can. This has always been the way it was throughout the Bible, and it is still so today. We need to have confidence in God. Look at Daniel in the lion's den. Dare spends the night wondering if God can. Daniel enjoys God, Lord's peace and rests well knowing that God can really do it. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar stood with a smirk on his face as he sentenced the three Hebrew boys and asked, Can God really do it? Those boys came out of the furnace shouting, God can really do it. Let's look at the, at the disciples on the ship. You know, they were in the midst of a storm and thought that they were finished, and their hearts were filled with this question Can God really do it? But in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came walking on the waves, displaying all the power of the Godhead and reminding his disciples that God can really do it. God can. You know, I remember a day when I stood condemned to die under conviction of sin, and lost without God. I remember feeling that I was the most awful and sinful person who ever lived. All I know that was my heart was filled with the question, can God really do it? But when I bowed at the feet of Jesus and placed my faith in him for salvation, I heard him shout in the depths of my soul, God can really do it. I'm here to tell you this morning that yes, he still can. He is still God and he can. Yes, he can. By the way, he can do it for you too if you're lost. Let's look at the second challenge for today. Call to mind his past works. That means to remember. Think of the times he has delivered you, when he saved you, and the times he moved mountains in your life. Remember his power and all that he's done. Let his past works remind you that he is able no matter what you face in life. God is able and he will come through for you every single time. Let the past be your reminder and learn to trust him no matter what. Now I had a friend of mine whose uncle took his very first airplane ride. You know, knowing he'd been somewhat apprehensive about it, his friends were eager to see how it went. At the first opportunity, they asked him if he enjoyed the flight. Well, his uncle commented, it wasn't as bad as I thought it might be. But I tell you this, I never did put it all, I never did put all my weight down. That's how some Christians take the promises of the Bible. They have no trouble believing what it says about the Lord Jesus Christ saving all who place their trust in him. They know their sins have been forgiven and that heaven is their eternal home. But they fail to take the Lord at his word when it applies to other areas of their lives. They never put all their weight down. As a result, they are plagued by doubts, fears, and uncertainties. So let's get another challenge today. Let's look at the challenge to carry out his commandments obey. You know, genuine faith in the Lord always manifests itself in obedience to the Lord and his word. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we get into his word and allow it to lodge in our hearts, changing us, then we will learn to trust him more and more. And once I flew from Nashville, Tennessee, BNA airport to Houston Hobby in Houston, Texas. As I walked from the airport buildings to the jet, I was subject to the laws of gravity. When I came to the steps leading up to the plane entrance door, I had to climb up the steps using my power to raise my body up each step. On entering the plane, I sat in a comfortable seat and I just relaxed. When all was ready, the jet taxied to the runway and after a while began to move down the long stretch ahead. The speed increased second by second until when it was moving about 150 miles an hour, it left the earth and rose into the sky above Tennessee. The force of gravity against which I had climbed into the plane was still seeking to pull the plane down to earth, the entire 150 tons of it. But there was another law in operation, now against the law of gravity, a new law, the law of aerodynamics. I didn't know anything at that time about the law of aerodynamics. I didn't need to Because I was committed to the plane, and because I was relaxing, I rose in triumph with the plane. The triumph of the jet was my triumph. The fantastic speed was my speed, and all its possibilities were mine, because I was inside. That's how it is with the law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ. I do not need to understand all the theology to benefit all I need to do is to commit myself spiritually to Jesus Christ as I did physically to the jet. Notice that it wasn't the quality of my faith that took me to Houston in two and a half hours. However, there was a frightened lady on board who spent the entire flight in anxious fear. but She got there just the same as I did. I am as strong in that as in that when I put up my faith. If my faith is resting in Christ, then I am as strong as he is. Notice, too, that I did not have to help the plane to fly to Houston. It didn't require any urging or pushing from me. The power was in the plane. Similarly, Jesus Christ can triumph in my life without help from me. The major difference between me and that frightened lady was that I enjoyed the flight, and she didn't. So it is with us. There are many who fail to trust the Lord and fail to remember that God can really do it. As a result, they live their lives defeated and discouraged. Folks, it doesn't have to be that way. I want to invite you to come to the Lord this morning and find out for yourself that God can really do it. Will you bring your doubts, your fears, and your questions and lay them at the feet of Jesus? Let me leave you with this thought in your mind. God can really do it. It doesn't matter what it is. God can really do it. But you must put your faith, yes, that little word F that grows over time, in God and accept his son Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And some of you are saying, well, preacher, I don't know enough to be a Christian. I haven't even read the entire Bible. That's the beauty of faith. Just like the law of aerodynamics I mentioned earlier, you don't have to fully understand it to appreciate its finer qualities. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek the kingdom of God, because God can really do it. If you can, bow with me, please. Heavenly Father, we humbly seek your face this morning, knowing that you are the architect of the universe, and all creation is here, because you can do it. Father, we also know that you are still in the business of saving your creation. And Father, we know that you can really do it. Lord, there are some in the sound of my voice that have never accepted your son Jesus or placed their faith in something that's, that's so awesome and so far above what we can attest to. But Father, this morning, I ask you to speak to their heart so they can know the love that you have for your children. Put aside their fears of, I just don't know enough. Put these words in their heart. God can really do it. And urge upon them the need to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Father, I know there are some here that are saved. But what if, for whatever reason, they have fallen away. Maybe it was something that a pastor said. Maybe it was something that happened to them at church. Maybe it was life circumstances that caused them to fall by the wayside. But Father, I ask you to speak to their hearts as well and let them know you welcome them back and your son is the same today as he was yesterday and will be tomorrow. Father, I thank you for the precious gift of your son Jesus and his life-giving blood. For it's in his name I pray, amen. If anyone made a decision today, I would like very much to know about it. Please send an email to Ministry at christlives.org, or visit our webpage, http colon slash slash www.christ-lives.org, and leave us a message to the contact page. My brothers and sisters, I thank you for your time and attention today. May God bless and keep you. Amen.